What's going on, everybody? You're listening to a new episode of the Postgame Report. I am your host, JVB. So I just finished watching the Gran Turismo movie. Quite honestly, when that movie was announced, I was a bit shocked because I was like, really? You're going to make a movie about Gran Turismo? But what I saw was pretty good. It was a pretty good uh, movie. It was about, you know, how Gran Turismo, because it's so in-depth with the realism of the cars and how they drive and how you customize them and tweak them, there's a lot of realism. And you hear that about a lot of games, right? You hear about the realistic physics and environments or whatever. With Gran Turismo, they put a a lot of thought, regardless of the generation, regardless of which version of Gran Turismo you played. So this movie was about this kid who actually won a contest to be trained at an academy, Gran Turismo Academy. And he received a license to race. He raced in the Le Mans, and I believe he has about 200 races under his belt as a professional. So it's a very good feel-good story. It's a story of accomplishment. Of course, you know, these stories, they make it so that, you know, the, the, the main subject in the story, they believe in something so much and no one else believes in them and they're going to do whatever they can to get this dream of theirs achieved. And so this is what this movie was about. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, and I bring up Gran Turismo because the Forza Motorsport, uh, the Xbox version of Gran Turismo or the, or the competitor, that game is coming out soon. And this website did a comparison between Gran Turismo and Forza Motorsport. And it seems like no matter what game comes out on Xbox, it just doesn't seem right. Like it doesn't seem like it was prepared to bring out all the bells and whistles that they promised when they released their next generation console. So we saw it with Halo Infinite. And now you're seeing it with another one of their beloved franchises, Forza. And I used to play the hell out of Forza back in the day. The first, uh, I believe up to Forza 3, I used to play that all the fucking time. I loved creating vinyls for my cars. Uh, Me and a friend, we used to play online. And then we would text each other what car we bought that particular, uh, on that particular day. And what modifications we were making. I even went online and looked at dampers and all that stuff, how to adjust, how to adjust dampers. And there was not a sense of extreme realism with the old forces, but when you did make an adjustment to one of your components, let's say the brakes, the pressure in which the amount of force you you put on your brakes or the type of suspension, if you lower it or you make them harsher, 
that stuff actually made a difference in the old Forza games. So there was a hyper-realistic, well, the hyper-realism of Forza. And then you had like a balance of arcade and realism with Forza. But the thing is, just like with anything when it comes to the console wars, you have the extreme side, and then you have those of us who can see past the bullshit. And when you listen to the extreme talk about how Forza destroys Gran Turismo, how Starfield was supposed to be the game of the generation, the most genre-defining game ever to be released. You heard all of these freaking statements. It wasn't just by the fanatics. It was by executives. And, and you, someone like me who's been playing games since the seven, in the 70s, right? I've been playing games since 79, I believe. Playing video games, that is. I could, I could see past the bullshit. So when things like Gran Turismo looking more next-gen than Forza, when you see people point that out, it's not because people just want to freaking make fun of the game or critique the game, because the game could still play well, and chances are it will. But once again, they're, they're calling out the people that put these games on a pedestal that put Xbox on a pedestal where it doesn't belong. The Xbox 360, it had its day. It had its moment. I will always remember opening up up my Xbox 360, taking out the controller, taking out the console, looking at it, admiring the design, playing freaking Perfect Dark, uh, Perfect Dark Zero, that is, And having a good old fucking time. But back then when Sony was was fumbling everything before the launch of the PlayStation 3, people were people were decisive where they were where they were going to go to play their video games. And because the Xbox 360 came out first, it showed high definition graphics, and the games were actually good. So people gravitated to the Xbox 360, and rightfully so. It had a really good community behind it. There were a lot of really uh, passionate people behind the Xbox 360. That dissipated towards the end of the life cycle of the Xbox 360, and you began to see how their business model shifted from Focusing on quality content to focusing on trends. Back then, it was the Wii, the Wii with the motion controls. And of course, with the Kinect, Microsoft wanted to get into that market and try to take it away from Nintendo. Without the software, you're not going to do that. Nintendo had the software, they had the gimmick. And they had the attention span or, or the market share. They had the people unlock the consumers. Microsoft dropped the ball by ignoring Sony and the PlayStation 
and worrying about what Nintendo was doing with the with their motion controls. It was a stupid and unnecessary move by Microsoft. That's where you begin. Well, that's when I began to see a, a, a disturbing shift that was going to really affect the brand. And here we are laughing at emails that were leaked by Microsoft. <laughs> uh, terabytes worth of, uh, I don't know if it was gigabytes or terabytes worth of information. I believe it was gigabytes worth of, you know, private emails that were, were meant to go to, you know, a court case. And people got a hold of it, and now people are talking about it. We're talking about Phil Spencer wanting to buy Nintendo. Phil Spencer worrying about acquisitions instead of worrying about building studios to make great games again, right? Kind of sound like Donald Trump. All of these emails, all they talk about is finding a way to compete by overtaking someone, overtaking companies that exist. There was even one where, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, where Phil Spencer is talking about companies depending on old, uh, successful franchises. Which is crazy when you consider that when Halo was coming out, Halo Infinite, these guys were doing nothing but praising how Halo uh, invigorated the first-person genre on, on home console and stuff like that. And rightfully so, it did. Halo really did change the whole first-person shooter uh, outlook. It wasn't really popular on consoles. So we see this good guy image, and once again, when you are 51 years old, like I am, you see the bullshit and you call it out. You see right through the bullshit and all of this good guy image. I'm a gamer and I'm going to wear a gaming t-shirt whenever I go on stage and I'm going to say, Hey, we all win when we all play, blah, blah, blah. All of that was a crock of shit behind closed doors. Phil Spencer was ready to make his crowning achievement by buying Nintendo. He was even talking about how he knew people who owned large shares of Nintendo stock. I own Nintendo stock. I don't own, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. I don't own as much as the people he was talking about, but he was using that as a way to get some kind of in with Nintendo. They weren't even his stocks. He was talking about, he was talking about, he knows someone who has a fair share of Nintendo stock, and that's going to benefit Microsoft and Xbox. That is some shady shit. It's one thing for an executive like Phil Spencer to say, I want my brand to be the most important thing that I talk about. I want it to, to dominate. I want it to make money. Of course, that's what everyone in that position is supposed to do. When you talk about destroying the industry by owning everything, and then you go on, on in, in the public and you start talking a different way, this unfortunately shows how hypocritical you are and how full of shit 
You really are. I'm talking about Phil Spencer, not that he's going to listen to this. And listen, it's okay. Nobody's looking at uh, Jim Ryan and saying, oh, what a nice guy. Jim Ryan is a businessman. He's going to go and talk when he needs to talk. When he's uh, basically told, hey, do this interview. He's going to tell you what he, he needs to tell you, and that's that. He's going to go about his business. He's not on Twitter following these crazy-ass content creators. He's not on Twitter trying to downplay Xbox, saying, oh, you know, cross-play is great for the, for the industry. We all play together, making catchphrases every fucking month. I remember the, the whole, uh, when, we, when we all play, we all win no one left behind or all kind of like <laughs> catchphrases that all of a sudden you see these weirdos repeating. And that's the shit that people call out. It's not that Forza is going to be a bad game. It could be a freaking incredible game. I don't know. I haven't played it. But when people put these individuals or these video games on pedestals before they even come out, and then the realism hits. Starfield, at the moment, I think it's rated at an 83 or an 84, which is an excellent score. It's not a 9.8, but that's okay. It's still in the 80s. And for people to think that a, a game that is reviewed with an 80, you know, an 83 or an 84, that that's a bad game, then what the hell? Where the hell did you come from? Like, when the hell did you start playing video games? Because a game that is rated in the 60s can still be an, uh, a fun experience. It could be a great game to, to any individual. I've played games that were rated horribly, and I enjoyed them. And then you have games that are rated very poorly, like Vampire Rain back in the day. And that was a piece of shit game. It deserved a low rating. <laughs> so, of course, reviews are based off of individuals who are given their own opinion. And everyone has a different opinion. And you might even agree with those opinions, but you might view them differently. Right? You might like a game that somebody else likes, but you might like a different aspect. And that's okay. That's why we're fucking individuals. We are not supposed to be repeating everything a guy like Phil Spencer says and then making it seem like it's the final, the final saying from a fucking god that came from a, a different planet, right? Like, these people treat Phil Spencer like he's Superman or some shit. And that he did things in the industry that he hasn't done. He didn't do shit. You look at, at a guy like Mark Cerny who created the input and output system for the PlayStation 5. And now you see how that PlayStation 5, when it comes to the comparisons between third-party titles, you see how it performs better than any other console in the market. The loading is faster. The, the assets load faster while games are being played. And then you see a game like Starfield where on the Xbox Series X, which has 12 teraflops and, and was 
and I was told it was more powerful than the PlayStation 5, there's loading screens for everything you do. Well, I'm over-exaggerating, but if you want to go up a ladder, there's a loading screen. <laughs> We're on PlayStation 5. And we don't know because Starfield's not on PlayStation 5, but on PlayStation 5, where, when there's an exclusive built specifically around that architecture, that PlayStation 5 architecture that Mark Cerny created, those games load super fast and they perform extremely well. You have ray tracing, you have all the bells and whistles that all the Xbox people told us that the Xbox Series X was going to have and perform better on the Xbox Series X. No game, no exclusive has, I believe, ray tracing. Like Halo Infinite was supposed to have ray tracing. Now, I don't care about ray tracing, but because a lot of people keep bringing it up, now you're seeing like Halo Infinite not being launched with ray tracing. Which is really fucking weird when you consider that this was the console, the Xbox Series X, that is, was the console to dominate all consoles. It was supposed to eat monsters and all this crazy shit. And development hasn't been successful. Now, some people might say, oh, but it's due to the Xbox Series S. Well, then why the hell did they bring up another SKU? with less hardware, with lower spec hardware, or less capable hardware. Why do that? Why not bring a version of the Xbox Series X with a disc and without a disc? Or bring out an Xbox Series X with less hard drive space or something, right? Make it, find a way to make it $100 cheaper than the Series X, which is $500. Do what Sony PlayStation did. They brought out two SKUs. One is $100 more. And developers don't have to worry about building for a lower product. They could build all of their exclusives for one freaking architecture, and you see the difference. You see the freaking difference in performance and all the bells and whistles that everybody bragged about that the Xbox was going to dominate. Guys saying that there was going to be a 30% difference in frame rates between the X and the PlayStation 5. It's like, what happened to that, right? None of them are, none of those people who were bragging and saying this over and over again in their content, none of them came out and questioned where the hell is all of this performance. Now, a game doesn't have to have ray tracing, doesn't have to have all this v, VVR or VRR or whatever. Just needs to be good. The gameplay needs to be good. The story needs to be compelling. Visually, it doesn't have to be the best looking game in the world. Those aren't necessities. But when you are bragging that this is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. The people that you've been saying this to over and over again are going to come back at you. And now they're going to, they're going to check you. They're going to make fun of you. And unfortunately with the Xbox 
X, no, no, excuse me, the Xbox One. Since the Xbox One, the Xbox brand has been in shambles. It has been a comedy show. And things just keep getting funnier and funnier. The fact that it was Microsoft's fault that the, these emails were leaked. And then you see the hypocrisy from the executives. And it's like, okay, now all the shit I've been saying before, well, there it is. There it is, written down in text. Not by me, but by the people I warned you about. So there's obvious, there's the obvious business side of things where any corporation is looking to destroy a competitor. That is part of the fucking. That is part of the spiel. That is reality. You don't get far in business by being a nice person. But all these people who were like, oh my God, Phil is one of us. No, he's not. <laughs> he doesn't get paid like one of us. He is not one of us. <laughs> Phil Spencer has been with Microsoft a very long time. And he's there for a reason. When you consider all the shit that has happened under his regime, and, and none of them were good, and he's still there, there's a reason why he's still there. Me and you, if we were as incompetent as Phil Spencer, we would not be having a job. <laughs> We'd be looking for our third job by now. So... Yeah, there's a reason why Phil Spencer is still there. He's either cutthroating people or he's the only choice they got. Or he's simply, uh, you know, saying the right things to keep his job. And those above him are the ones to blame, right? If, if the people above Phil Spencer can't realize that he's not competent for the job and they still keep him around and it's really their fault you can't blame phil for <laughs> you know doing what he has to do to keep that job he's getting paid a lot of fucking money so there's a lot to, to there's a lot of blame to go around when it comes to xboxes you know but phil spencer is the head honcho so you got to look to him and whoever's above phil spencer they're not doing their job either. And so I still have the belief that Xbox as a brand would be better as a third party publisher. They have the studios, they're going to have the software. And if they focus on just developing the best versions of those games that will be available on all consoles, regardless if Xbox is still doing hardware. If they develop great content, then they, they would be a, a dominant third-party publisher. And they'll make way more money being a third-party publisher than being a console maker. Because their consoles aren't selling. There's more Xbox Series S's out there than the X. And that's really an issue, in my opinion. If you're going to bring out a powerful console like the X, then make it the only fucking console you sell. 
So that's my take on Xbox and, and all these emails and, and, and the, you know, the comparisons, you know, I haven't played Starfield. So Starfield, I don't know if it's a good game or a bad game. So be it. People were saying it was going to rate really high, but Hey, it is what it is, right? I enjoyed days gone. It rated low. So review scores, they just give you a reference for me. There's only a few places that I will go to that I feel confident the reviews are going to cover certain things that I want to know about when it comes to a video game. And then I'll make my judgment based on what they actually wrote, not on the actual score. That's the problem with a lot of people. They see the score, but they don't read the rest of the review. So review scores are one thing. Whether a game is good or bad, that's, that's a totally different thing. Now, you, you will see games that are universally bashed for good reason. It just looks horrible when you see the previews. You see the gameplay and it looks horrible. At this point, if you don't know what's a good game by looking at it, and you don't know the type of games you feel is good and bad, then shut your mouth and gain some more experience. And eventually you'll start to know exactly what a game, what's a good game, what's a bad game, what's one that you're going to, you know, stay on the fence and, and see if there's a discount. Maybe you'll pick it up. I did the same thing with the new Saints Row and it came out on PlayStation Plus. And when I played it, I almost bought it a few times. And when I played the new Saints Row, I was like, all right, you know, it is what I expected. It's dumb. But it's dumb fun. And because I didn't spend the, the $70 to buy it, I'm still paying a subscription. I pay per year. I don't pay per month. So I have spent money on Saints Row in some capacity. But I know that I still have it for whenever it's gone. And or until I keep paying my subscription. So I'll play it whenever I feel like it. I'm more selective with my video games. I've been tempted to purchase Baldur's Gate 3. But at the end of the day, I know I'm not going to really play it all that much. I'm waiting for Spider-Man 2, which comes out on October, 20, October 20th. A day before my son's birthday. So I'm either going to have to wait till we get back from my son's college to play it. Uh, or I'm going to have to sneak in a few hours before we leave to go visit him for his birthday. Other than that, there's really nothing that I'm like really looking forward to. So I don't, when I'm in these moods, I don't pay attention to gaming Twitter. I really don't interact with it. I don't let none of the console war bullshit affect me at all because none of it matters it's football season football matters right now um and even with the football the, the community and twitter when it comes to football it's freaking just as insane as the video game community i didn't think i would be able to say that but it just there's just something about social media that makes people weird 
So yeah, at, at least for now, the video game industry, eh, it plays second fiddle to football. But I did want to talk about this Phil Spencer stuff and, and the comparisons between Forza and Gran Turismo, simply because I saw the movie, the Gran Turismo movie, and then I saw the videos today. And, uh, you know, hey, people need to admit when a game is better than the other, but that doesn't mean that the one, that the game is bad, right? If the game doesn't match the visual quality of another game, that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a bad game. So we'll see. But yeah, you know, I was talking about football. And, you know, I'm a Giants fan. Diehard Giants fan since the 80s. And <laughs> my team is not looking too good right now. They're one, they're one and two. They got humiliated on Monday Night Football against... Uh, was it a Monday Night game? No, I think it was a Sunday Night game against Dallas. They lost 40-0 at home. They won a nail-biter against the Cardinals. They came back from 21 down. They showed some freaking grit, some fight. And then they went up against the 49ers. They lost. At the end, you know, they put up a decent fight. But the missed tackles were humiliating to watch. And the talent gap. Eventually, it just widened and widened. You know, 49ers got a lot of talent on their team. But when I go on these New York Giants spaces and I read like, because on Twitter, you'll see if you, it's kind of like Facebook. If you, if you read like a certain tweet about football, then all of a sudden all these football tweets will appear, right? So I've been, I've been seeing like people post opinions on the New York Giants that I've never seen any of their tweets before. I don't follow them, never interacted with them. And some of these tweets are just as retarded as the video game tweets. And it's like, what the hell's going on with people nowadays? And it's not because they are expecting Daniel Jones to be Patrick Mahomes. They just say the most unrealistic things and believe in what they say. And the moment you counter that with some realism, they fucking go apeshit. I've heard it on the spaces. I listen to these Twitter spaces about New York Giants football, but I don't participate in them. I've only spoken once in a New York Giants Twitter, Twitter space last season. And that was just to say what's up to the people and introduce myself, and that was it. I didn't give my take on certain players. I leave that for my podcast. And then this season, a lot of us had high hopes for the New York Giants. We were expecting like the New York Giants front seven to be a ferocious pass-rushing team and all this crazy shit. Well, they are not that. So I can see where people are disappointed, right? But when you are a content creator and you're, you're saying shit like, as soon as you say something like what I'm about to say, because I've heard this a lot, somebody will be talking passionately in a Twitter space and they're like, yeah, I know that the offensive line ain't playing well, but Daniel Jones got to sit back there and throw the ball deep. 
And I'm like, okay, so you just counter, you just killed your argument by saying, you know, the offensive line is not playing well. They're not giving them time. So how is Daniel Jones going to magically step back in the pocket that is not there and throw the ball deep? They say this shit, but they don't give an explanation as to how is Daniel Jones supposed to do it. Is he supposed to say hike and then just count to one and a half and just throw the ball at, in, in, in the air and hope that the wide receiver is open and catches the damn ball? It is that type of moronic when they, when they contradict their arguments before they even start by saying, as soon as you say, oh, I know the offensive line ain't playing well, then your argument don't even make it. Shut yourself up and be like, okay, I just answered my question. You hear the same shit with video games when, when people are bitching about something, let's say PlayStation games going to PC, and they open up with, I understand it's a business decision, but, well, you already answered your question. Move along and shut the fuck up. Because we don't want to hear you complaining. We want to hear your opinion on what's actually happening. Because there's a reason why they're doing this. And you just told us it's a business decision. So then, why even continue talking? The New York Giants, with their offensive line, they're going to have the same issues unless the line begins to give Daniel Jones enough time to find his targets. And not only that, but the wide receivers got to get open. And how about running the fucking football? The way to neutralize a strong pass rush is by slowing them down with the running game. You lean on those freaking pass rushers for as long as you can by running the ball, forcing them to make tackles on a big, strong running back like Saquon Barkley. And then they don't have that burst because their bodies are a little beat up. And also, if the running game is working and getting four, you know, four yards to carry, and you do a play fake, that defender needs to make sure that he's respecting that running game. And he's going to fall for the play fake. But when your running game ain't doing shit, because you abandon it really early and you're doing all these play fakes for what? Nobody's running the fucking ball in the Giants or the Giants aren't running the ball. What is there for you to respect as a defender? The pass rushes are just going to fucking rush as fast as they can to Daniel Jones. That's what happened when Bosa got the sack. A uh, Bellinger, the tight end, was supposed to block him, number one, which Bellinger's a decent blocker as a tight end, but he's not going to block Bosa from the angle that he was in. And Bosa did not respect the running, the, the possibility of the runner getting the ball. He just rushed Daniel Jones, which wasn't supposed to happen. Bosa was supposed to hesitate a little bit, so Bellinger had the time to get in his way. He wasn't going to block him, but at least get in his way and hope that somebody breaks open for a quick slant. That didn't happen because Bosa didn't respect the runner and he just zoomed right by Bellinger and sacked Daniel Jones for near safety. 
And that was like the beginning of the offense, their downfall. <laughs> so unless that stuff changes, there's going to be a lot of freaking content creators making a lot of fucking stupid statements on Twitter just to sound like they know it all. And it goes, I guess, with every freaking, uh, I guess it goes with every, I don't know, hobby, because there's a lot of photographers who feel like they know it all. There are a lot of, uh, you know, toy collectors who feel like they know it all, right? You're going to have that. And then, uh, of course, social media gives you a platform to, to make yourself out to be somebody you're not. On, and on, then when you're proven wrong, you know, you can make up whoever you want. You can say, hey, I'm a fucking doctor. And then start reading shit on Google and sounding smart. And all of a sudden, people are going to come to you trying to find out about certain things. Next thing you know, you got all these followers, right? But you're not no fucking doctor. <laughs> you're just somebody who happened to look at Twitter. I mean, uh, Google. Watch some videos on YouTube. To find out certain things. You did the thing that the person asking you should have done before they even asked you. And that's the problem. People don't go out and find out the information for themselves to get the truth, to get the real information. They depend on these total strangers to give them answers. So... Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to talk about because my New York Giants, they're playing bad. Uh, once again, I'm waiting for Spider-Man 2 to hit the PlayStation 5, so I don't have any real video games to talk about. I did play the, there's a beta out on the PlayStation 5, uh, Descendants, the Descendants, I think, and uh, it feels like Destiny. But it looks, it looks nicer than Destiny, but it's very similar to like a loot shooter. You know, you're fighting against these big robots and, you know, you get points and stuff like that. So it looks like one of those loot shooters that you're going to have to really grind. And then maybe they're going to sell you shit if you want to get stuff earlier. You want to gain experience points earlier. Uh, that's what they call free-to-play. I, I think this is a free-to-play game. So that's the formula for free-to-play games. You can grind for a long time to get something that somebody just bought for about 10 bucks, And they got all this nice shit. But you got to grind for like two months just to get one of those items. And that's, you know, that, that came from the mobile phone where you had these games, you can play them, and then it says come back in 24 hours, so you can play again for free, or you can unlock it by paying $5.99. So, anything else I've been playing? Uh, I tried the Ninja Turtles game in uh, the Apple Arcade. I tried that for a little bit. That played well. Um, that's about it. I'm really not... I didn't even buy the new, the brand new Madden game. I'm sticking with last year's edition of John Madden football. And a real, uh, real quick story about John Madden football. 
I remember one year, it had to be Madden 2010 or 11, one of those. Remember, I bought the game early. I used to have a spot where I would buy games a day or two early before they released to the masses. So I bought Madden Football. I believe it was either 2011, 2012. And I did a review on the post-game report, and I bashed the shit out of it, right? Because for those of you that don't know, I used to buy every football game back in the day, whether it was good or bad. That's how much I love football games. That's how much I love football. So football games has, has always been my thing. So I'm reviewing Mad, and I'm bashing the shit out of it. I'm explaining why I don't like it. I'm explaining why, you know, Things are the way they are, blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, I, I meet up with some friends <laughs> and they had their own, they had their own PR company and they focus mainly on video games. So I go have dinner with my friend and he's like, you know, we were going to hire you for a John Madden campaign, but one of the guys heard your review and we were like, no, we can't put you nowhere near this John Madden campaign. <laughs> it was a PR campaign. And they were like, no, we don't want you nowhere near this PR campaign. You destroyed this game in your review. And unfortunately, we can't let them see your name as part of this campaign at all. Uh, and I, I, I didn't blame them because it's a good contract and I didn't want to mess with their business. So I had to wait. So they were working on something else in order to get, you know, some work with them. So, yeah, yeah, that's my, you know, I've always bought video games, uh, football video games or video game football games. I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> but I've always bought football games for my video game consoles. There we go. That sounds better. And I would have like five different football games for different systems and only play like maybe two of them on a consistent basis. So now you, of course, because Madden has, EA has the official license for NFL football. Now you, the choices are really, really small. And so I made it, I made a conservative effort to not fall for the hype and buy the latest John Madden football. I did play it for the free weekend that was leading up to the start of the NFL season. I played it for two days and that was that. Was there a difference for those who are curious between uh, the new Madden, I think 24 and the difference between 23? There is. There's actually certain things that actually felt different gameplay wise that felt better some animations that looked a lot a lot better than than uh madden 23 and there are other things that should be there that aren't there so visually it looks better and it it, it moves a lot smoother when you act when you're actually playing there are some improvements to justify upgrading if you had to it's not 
an exact replica of the last Madden. So I will say that. But I'm still waiting for a savior. A football game save, you know, some some publisher to come out and just deliver a football game. It won't have the NFL teams or the NFL players, but it will still have the basics of a good football game that you can edit if you want to put all the names and all that shit. I'm still waiting for that publisher to come out. So somebody do it quick. So I'm going to wrap it up. You guys let me know what football games you like playing. If you saw the Gran Turismo movie, what you thought about it. And if you think Phil Spencer is going to buy Nintendo, well, Xbox or Microsoft. And what you think Nintendo is going to do if they, Microsoft that is, approached them again about selling Nintendo. I heard last time they laughed at them. So I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is, but I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm JVB. You guys take care. Bye.